it's an honor to host the space with you today and just dive into this message and mission that is Wild at Heart. Like we just wanted to pull up at 30,000 feet, go back in time a little, celebrate some stories and invite our allies into what's next in the mission and message of Wild at Heart, which we are really excited about. So thanks. Can I can I start with a story? Please, please. Do you remember the first time I took you climbing? Uh, was this? We were at Garden of the Gods. Okay. Kindergarten Rock, I'm sure, but I'm not recalling it. <laughs> You're not? No. I will never forget the look on your face <laughs> when you were halfway up. Oh, my gosh. And it's anybody who's new to climbing. Yes. You get up on the face, and then it's, I'm going to die. Holy shit. I'm, I'm, I'm going to die. <sighs> and, and there was just this beautiful moment of... You were top roped. Yes, so right. there, no you one's, literally can fall no six one, inches. Yeah, no one's going to get hurt here. But to open a world to you oh. of masculinity, yes, adventure, climbing, that um, that then, my goodness, it took a lot of other expressions from there. Oh, Moab yeah. trips, mountain biking, fishing trips, hunting trips. Uh, that story is amazing to recall because, so now, let me go back into that story. I remember being at the bolts, the anchors, you know, at the top, because they're fixed anchors yes. in the garden there, and being with you, and you were showing me, you know, how to set the anchors, and we were going to rappel then off of it. And I remember thinking, this is the kind of thing that you can't learn in a book, you can't learn on a video, you actually have to learn yes. in in with real things, right? It's a tacit knowledge with a person. Yeah. And I remember realizing I couldn't do this without you. Like literally couldn't do this. And then fast forward, my last time at Kindergarten Rock was with Abigail and her best friend and teaching them how to climb. Right. You know, just moments ago. And so that's just such a good reminder of masculine initiation. Yeah. That it's a substance of a thing that comes from God through Man to man. Yes. And we don't have an exclusive hold on that. That's available to all. That's what God is mm. up mm. to. And that's what we're participating in. Mm. And, and the beautiful part of the story that we're about to unpack is that he's getting it done. Mm. God is getting it done in the world. He really is. There's some pretty bad data mm. on men right now in masculinity. I think the pandemic has been particularly hard on men. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, domestic abuse and substance abuse and suicide and, you know, calls into the hotlines. I don't know a single friend who is a therapist that has an opening mm. right now. No one has openings. I think it's been really rough on men, but you can miss a deeper story that's going on. And I think it's only going to get told at the, at the feast yeah. that God is fathering men, loving men, mm. teaching, training, healing, rescuing at profound levels men all over the world. It, it, that, that rock climbing story, that is happening. Yes. The recovery of the masculine soul, the training, the initiation, that's the good news. Yeah. And, and we're here to share some of it. Yeah, I think of the story that just came to our inbox right before this of one of our close friends and allies leading faithfully Wild Heart Basics. And he's in kind of eastern Pennsylvania, next to the rural kind of mid-Pennsylvania. And they're leading a, they just led a basic that was um, for these core men that came out of the Amish community that are getting free. They're getting their hearts back and huge snowstorm. They couldn't get in. They take ATVs and here they are, eight guys around the anointed message of Wild Heart Boot Camp that we offer as basics. And God came in supernatural ways and they sent their reports back to us saying they want to now bring it to their friends in the Amish community. Like Lancaster, PA. Come on. And Germany. <clears throat> Come and on. Australia, and Come New on. Zealand, and all over. It's working. All over the world. It's true. It's really beautiful. So, John, I'd love to rewind the clock. Like, 
And I know it's hard with COVID brain, but Holy Spirit, whatever comes to your mind, um, 30 years ago, 20 years ago, and, and what I mean by that is kind of the beginnings of your vocational life. Mm-hmm. Came out of theater, really knew it was God at the center of what you were entrusted to bring and to do. And you were in the space of public policy and nonprofit getting your graduate degree in counseling, you started noticing themes in the world. I I just would love for your reflection of like, what was the problem that you seem to observe as it relates to masculinity? And how was, and at the time it was evangelicalism, right? It was just the, the, the birth and the, the thriving of the evangelical yeah. movement. American evangelicalism. Yeah. How are they missing right. it? I found myself sitting in my truck, unable to go into church on Sunday mornings. Mm. And I felt bad. I felt like it was something broken in me, but I just couldn't do it anymore. And and what I realized I couldn't do anymore was put on the smile and be the nice guy. I, I couldn't, I couldn't take it. And I was wrestling with why do I feel more alive outdoors? Why do I feel closer to God in nature? And why do I not like being around most of these men? Except, except when we're out there together yes. doing something. So you could take those men and out of the church. Change. They would change. Wow. Right? And the real guy would come out. So that's one piece. That's a snapshot. Mm-hmm. Sitting in my truck, literally in the parking lot at church, unable to go in on Sunday morning. And I'm like, is it me? Is it this? Am I just a am I just a jerk? Am I what is it? So it's that. And then next snapshot, three young boys, full-time job. And I'm not well inside. I think I'm 31 and I'm angry. Mm. And I am blowing up at my sons at the dinner table over stuff like spilled milk. Like like literally knocked over a glass of milk and I blow up. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Next snapshot. I am sitting in a counseling office because of that anger Mm. and talking to a man and I'm not even listening to what he's saying because I am so enjoying his company. Wow. And I'm like, what is it about you? You're different. You, you are, you got something. Mm. And, And what he had was heart. He, he had come home to his own heart. Wow. Three snapshots that began to connect some dots for me of my own story and, and the loss of heart, the loss of heart among men, men faking it. Mm-hmm. I just felt like, wow, there's just a lot of faking it going on. And, and then wrote Sacred Romance with Brent, mm-hmm. and we started doing... We were we were both working with a lot of men, not exclusively. Then after my you know my time with Brent, I go to grad school, mm-hmm. get a counseling degree. Now I'm 35, counseling in Brent's practice. We're seeing a lot of men. We're sharing notes, and uh, and we thought, you know what? Let's let's start doing something mm-hmm. for men. And that weekend at Bart's Ranch was the very first men's event. The first Wild at Heart style it was. event ever. Yeah, how to get your heart back as mm. a man. And we had built it around some teaching and some time together, just grilling burgers and hanging out, but also fly fishing, horseback riding, and mountain climbing, rock climbing, rappelling mostly, but climbing three, you know, to get the guys out. And I'm yep. talking nine guys. Right. I mean, there, there wasn't a bunch of guys there, but we would go out in different groups each day. You know, and Brent would like lead the guys horseback riding, and I'd take the guys climbing, and then I'd take the guys fishing, and and uh, that was the first Wild at Heart mm. weekend. Mm. There's so much in there. Those stories are precious. 
where where I wonder with that, John, is so then you wrote the book, like, and what I hear you saying that's important is like you you had you be you chose to become aware in your own soul yes. of these themes. Yes. Right. The the book is simply fruit of you taking the journey of understanding the masculine heart, yes. understanding the the wound and healing of it and dismantling of the false self. Like can you give us some visibility on um, on putting that book out to the world and what that was like for you to basically go from nine men saying, I think Brett and I have something here yes. to you're actually anointed by God to recover a message that helps men get their heart back. Oh, there's I, I forgot this story. So I have a background in theater and during the public policy years, some conference asked me if I would do like a monologue on the life of William Wilberforce. And so I wrote this monologue based on the famous English abolitionist and, and his life and his story. So Wilberforce kind of came into my awareness because of that. And then as the men's work began, yeah, we were early, early in it. I was reading the famous lines of Thoreau, you know, everybody quotes uh, most men lead lives of quiet desperation. Thoreau wrote that in the 1800s, but what's around that? That's part of an essay. And what's around that? He says, we need a Wilberforce to free the hearts of men. And I practically came off the couch. Mm. I'm like, that's it. That's it. Ding, 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 ding. You know, in, in the sense of God saying, that's what I want you to do. Mm. And there's some pretty wild stories in this. You know, I, he, he tells me to quit my job. I'm in, a, I'm in a counseling session with a couple, marriage counseling one evening, and, and God says, uh, I don't want you to do this anymore. I want you to speak to a lot of people. And at that time, I'm, I'm nobody. Oh, and three young kids, yeah. no savings. Quit your job. Mm. We lived for two years without insurance, without mm. income. There's some wild stories around this. It is good for you to put words to that. Yeah. Yeah, we ate off a card table for the first 10 years of our marriage. Mm. I mean, we got nothing, you know. But the risk-taking with God, it wasn't careless, yes. it wasn't reckless, but it was, will you follow me into this? So I started speaking around the country before I wrote the book. I started doing, you know, Baptist, Episcopalian, Catholic men's retreats. And I'm, I'm talking 25 guys in a dumpy, you know, retreat center somewhere in the Midwest and all, all over the place. And, and the, the response, it was literally like walking into prison mm. and opening doors, mm. jail doors, cell doors, opening the doors of the cells. It literally was. I have, I have a set of keys. I'm going to walk into this weekend, and I'm just going to start opening cell doors. Mm. And it, it just was so powerful because it works. Mm -hmm. It works. And God's in it. And and he kept refining it through those weekends and through interactions and oh, 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 oh gosh oh gosh I'm remembering this one men's retreat for a fair okay so then I start you know there's some word gets out of hey man this is powerful stuff and this guy's got something to say so now I'm I'm doing a men's retreat for a very big church hundreds of men turn out for this because it's a big church mm -hmm. you know and and. The pastor, of course, you know, it's his, it's his congregation, it's his church, his thing. He has every right to do this. He, he wants to give the first talk of the weekend on Friday night, and then he's leaving. Um, so he blasts in, gives the talk, and blasts out. And then I'm, I'm on from there. And, and he gets up and he gives this talk where he literally lays out the principles and the techniques of a life of a holy man. I mean, it was literally, if you do A plus B, if you follow one, two, three, and I'm dying, I'm dying in the back going, he is, he is not only wrong, 
but he is killing mm. the hearts of these men and he's killing the retreat. This mm. guy's killing, this is my opening act. <laughs> and he, he's got a banjo, you know? <laughs> I've, got a, I've got a banjo player oh for my, my opening goodness. act, but he's got all the authority because he's the dude, yes. right? Okay, so I have to get up there and, and start my session after his by saying, none of that is true. Oh, dear God. And, and I just had to do it. I just said, look, I, I'm, I need to tell you, you have a heart, and your heart is the center of the action. And if you do not pay attention to that and you try and live a life of tips and techniques, it will kill you. You will blow up. You'll get an addiction. You'll have an affair. That doesn't work. You'll die. You'll leave the church. You'll be bad at God doesn't work. You got to go for the heart. And we ended up having a phenomenal mm. weekend, but there was a lot of, there was a lot of risk taking in those early days. Oh, <laughs> oh. as I recall <clears throat> that, I think I now remember you even used the film clip. Yes. Right. Of, of Pritchard and Dead yes. Poet Society, yeah, yeah. right? Dead Poet Society, like, J. Evans Pritchard, PhD. Talk about risking. Okay, <laughs> now looking back, because, okay, I mean, I, I'm nervous now. I'm literally feeling, yep. right, in that church, yeah. and you go, none of that, and it's it's in love. You're yep. there to rescue. You're Wilberforce, yep. right? This is actually love. Yes. Now looking back, like, what what did that say about this movement? Right. I mean, we're 20 years past there. Like what how has that moment um encapsulated what we you've seen God do? Well, it was a it was a very dangerous moment because um if I had if I had embraced arrogance, mm -hmm. this wouldn't have had the favor of God on it. Mm. And it would, you know, have gotten ugly. Um I was sad for those men. I wasn't I wasn't trying to pick a fight. I wasn't trying to be the next amazing whatever speaker, writer. Um, if this if this had continued, if it had been born or continued in arrogance, it wouldn't have had the anointing that it's had. But Brett and I, we just knew we were we were the guys who found the treasure in the field. And we just wanted to tell everybody about it. There mm. is another way. Like you have a masculine soul. Your soul needs a journey. You need initiation and formation. Mm -hmm. And what the church at the time in, in 19, you know, 80s, 90s, American ev and evangelicalism was not answering that. And ultimate nice guys was the goal. Mm -hmm. And ultimate nice guys won't do it. So we weren't, we weren't pissed. Yeah. And we weren't arrogant, I don't think. You know, there was a there was a profound desire to say. Nothing matters more in the world than your heart. Mm. And there is a better way. Mm -hmm. There there is a way out. So just going through unlocking cell doors and, and oh my goodness. So I write Wild at Heart and publisher calls up and uh, publisher says, We've only got Sacred Romance out. And they call up and say, Hey, Sacred Romance is actually getting a nice reception. It's doing well. Would you like to write again? We'd love to publish you again. And I said, yeah, I have two books that I'd really like to do. One is on the power of desire, human desire. Mm -hmm. um, and the other one is about the heart of men and, and men getting their hearts back. And the publisher, famous now within this publishing house, the publisher at the time, who's no longer there, said, yeah, no, books for men don't sell. What else have you got? <laughs> <laughs> that is the quote of quotes. Yeah. Books for men don't sell. Yeah. And and so we did Journey of Desire first oh. at their request. Mm -hmm. And and then While at Heart came out after that. But it was it was a moment, you know, Morks, you and I and and the guys, we we had we stepped into a moment in time mm -hmm. that was prepared for this. Yeah. And you, you think about the feminism of the 70s, the divorce culture of the 60s and 70s, the epidemic of fatherlessness, the way public education was done for boys. We, we stepped into a crisis of masculinity mm -hmm. that needed this message. It just, it just was crying out for it. So it, it was the right message at the right moment. Yeah. And it just took off. Mm.
God, it's been over 20 years and um, there is the favor of God Yes, and it is anointed. Yes. And as you say, it was about the heart. What I'm curious about is now we're 20 years later and in many ways it feels like this message is needed now more than ever before. Yes. I'm so curious, how would you contrast the moment we're in now compared to that Wilberforce moment? Because I think our listeners, like it'll really help them to understand the times, right? Isaiah 44, 19. Mm -hmm. So much of our work is mm -hmm. to stop and think, to discern the times. How is this moment different than that moment? And why is Wild at Heart so central in going forward? Mm -hmm. It's probably the difference between Pearl Harbor and Iwo Jima. The crisis of masculinity had a lot. Of, it had a lot of men in rehab. It had a lot of you know divorces taking place. Men men were in trouble in the seventies, eighties, nineties. But what has happened since then in the culture is the total collapse of gender. Mm -hmm. Gender is now um, a spectrum. It's something that's considered suspect, and it's certainly something that's fluid that you kind of move in and out of across a broad, a broad array of choices. Mm -hmm. um, in in that, what we're describing is heartbreaking, and I know that it makes many people angry. I'm not angry. I'm heartbroken because when you dismantle gender, you're dismantling the center of a human being. In Genesis, when God creates us, gender is one of the first things named. It's the second thing. The first thing is that we bear his image, and the second is in our gender. Male and female, he made them. And then Jesus actually repeats that. It's part of his worldview. This, this is the worldview of Jesus. In Luke, he quotes, he says, Don't, didn't you read what it was said in the beginning? that in the beginning he made them male and female. So gender is so filled with dignity and power mm -hmm. and glory and goodness and joy and happiness in humanity, male and female, that when you get to a culture at, at the stage of ours where gender has been thoroughly dismantled, like you're, you're really ravaging human beings. You're, you, you are not helping people towards wholeheartedness mm -hmm. and well-being. You're not. You are taking away the map and telling them to head off into the you know apocalypse by themselves and mm. just figure it out on your own. So it's a yes. There's a there's a difference in the last 25 years that we've traveled cultural collapse in gender, and, and therefore, what we're after is not to make statements about gender. What we're after is to heal human souls, mm -hmm. male and female. And the need for the healing of gender is greater than ever. Wouldn't you say? Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. Like you said, if, if it's true that that's the worldview that Jesus operates in, that it's the Imago Dei expressed through gender, then to be assaulted at that level is to assault the whole person, right? And to recover it is the beginning of the recovery of the whole person. Yes. And so, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, John, I'm sitting here actually with the manuscript. I wish there was a picture, but this is the manuscript of Wild at Heart, bound at Kinko's that you handed me 20 years ago. And uh, this is one of the treasures of my life. Thank you for this. Um, and I remember when you gave this to me and I was working for a big nonprofit uh, at the time and I actually played hooky that day, the next day, and skipped work the whole day and read it cover to cover. And I had never read a book cover to cover in one day. And it's it was just a holy mm. milestone um, in my story. And now looking back, I see why that it was part of that Wilberforce moment. I think of like, not only for me, yes. but God had some intention for me to come alongside you and, and carry this banner. Yes. Uh, 
And I remember reading this. I sat this morning and prayed and I held this manuscript and I asked the question of God, like, what was my response? Mm. And I realized it was simply this, this changes everything. This changes everything. Now I was living in this message with you in pieces and parts, but it was the first time this message embodied as water heart came together as a unified path and process of not only identifying what the masculine heart was meant to be, but how to recover the path that actually restores that heart and sets men free to thrive in a way that brings healing to women, to children, to communities, and to all creation. And so this is a this was a holy feat, and um, this manuscript means so much. And from that, you were really led to start these Wild at Heart events. You, know, you found yourself in the Baptist church, the Episcopal church, <laughs> yeah. the local church. Yep. But you saw something and said, okay, the book's out there but there's more. Take me into Wild Heart Boot Camp. The first one was for a church here in town. Mm -hmm. Again, another big church, hundreds and hundreds of guys at a Young Life camp. Yep. And (laughs) 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 we came in knuckleheads. I mean, we did- Renegades. Renegades. (sighs) And the band gets up. Do you remember the worship band? Oh, I do. I do. There's a really funny moment. It was a moment in this story. The worship band is playing that song, Like a Rose Trampled on the Ground. And I'm coming unglued in the in the back going, that is not Jesus Christ. He's not, he's not passive. He's We're not at a men's retreat in the mountains. Yeah. Yeah, but that was the first one, and that got things, you know, and it, and and we realized we could do this. Yeah. We could do this. What, you know, because all these years of doing it under someone else's spiritual authority yep. in somebody else's shop, and you need to you need to respect all that. Yeah. Like that's their deal, and they get to do that. You know, um, what would it be like if we had this completely to ourselves? We come back to this camp, we get a bunch of guys on our own. And and we do it mm-hmm. without and, and you know honestly there was an event that I did for a church well at heart and they they begged me and begged me and I finally said yes they wanted a mime to be the opening act we literally had a mime and it was it was because we have to entertain the guys right? I had to create leave, food and entertainment I had to leave the building I had to leave the bill I couldn't take it it was so painful. Um, so what would it be like if we could if we could do it and create the environment that really would actually open the hearts of men mm-hmm. to the recovery of their masculine soul, to the healing of where the damage has, has come, to hear from the voice of God? What if we could do that? Yes. We rented a camp. Put a down payment. Put a payment down on it. And and we said we we collected. This is in the days before texting and cell phones, any of that. Right. There were no websites. There was no way to like register online. Right. There was no way. And so we created an, a mailing list yep. from people we knew. Right. And a lot of just my former clients. And we sent out an invitation and said, hey, there's this thing for men. You know, if you look, come send in a check. Right. Remember what happened? Oh, oh. I, get, I mean, I just feel my body right now of the, <laughs> so we had 326 seats at this place and we used, um, Sherry and I had a townhome at Brandy Circle, which was kind of the headquarter mailbox because we didn't have even a PO box, right? It was a, it was a shoestring, a wing and a prayer. And we started getting checks in. And I remember the day before the event, we received number 326. And, and again, was, I was trying to coordinate these things. So I'm just kind of in the weeds of like, okay, we, we sold this thing out. Like, oh my gosh. And then we have to call them on a the phone and say, get here. Like it's happening. And that's the last check that ever came. We literally had 326 spots and God sent 326 checks. And I'm just moved with emotion even now, John. Like, it's just God saying, I'm with you. I'm in this. You're yes. not crazy. Walk with me yes. and I will provide. Yes. But, oh, yes. oh my goodness. Yeah. Holy, beautiful stories. Jesus is pretty passionate about this. He is. 
And, and there was no, I mean, one of our values in all of it was we don't do gigs, right? It wasn't, okay, well, now we nailed it. Yep. So just keep doing this and go into arrogance or self-sufficiency. It was, it's always been walk with God. How are you leading? What are you saying? What needs to change? Um, you know, we, we, we have canceled events before and written the full check to a facility at times where God said, I don't want you to do that event. Like, yes. Like, you know, there have just been these radical supernatural moments yes. over two decades. Yes. But a television company came to us yes. and offered oh, wow. us offered us a million dollars to produce a primetime show for men built around Wild at Heart. I mean, this is going to skyrocket everything, oh, right? Yeah. I'm going to make a ton of money on books and all that. And, and we prayed. And Jesus was very clear. He said, that'll kill you. Mm. So we said no. Mm. And they couldn't believe it. Right. Like No one says no. No one that. says no, especially to free money like that and in prime time slots. Nobody says no, but it was walk with God and, and he will rescue you. Try and figure this thing out on your own and you're going to get in a lot of trouble. As you share that, John, I'm seeing the faces of our allies now, which are now second generation, the kids of the first men that walked with us who are leading this message in all sorts of informal and formal ways in their world. And that's happening because we didn't go get big or franchise, but we said we're going to be true to our mission yes. and invest in leaders as they yes. invest in bringing the kingdom in their world. Yes. And so I, that model, yes. God has just been so faithful to it. And I it think- It was one of the best decisions we made. Yeah. Stay small and give it away. And that's still our mantra, right? It's yep. 20, over two decades later, I think of the basics and how now we've taken our boot camp and we filmed it multiple times over the years and we finally put it together in a kit that's all free that now our allies take it and offer local retreats where they take the anointed message, but it's far more intimate. They're smaller, they're regional. Guys get to have follow-up with each other. And we we have had hundreds and hundreds, probably close to a thousand now. I don't have the exact count of Wild Heart Basics that have happened in the last three years around the globe. Stay small and give it away. So take us into the first film project. Film was new. Film was in the Christian space, right? <laughs> and you came to the team and you said to oh, us, I, I want to film a video series for men to help them get their heart back. Well, I mean, you'd written a book. We had figured out an event, but we were not film people. Nope. We had never done a film. These are expensive budgets with big teams, you know, huge cameras back in the day. And I remember all of us, I, I distinctly remember the meeting you walked out of. It was over and you left and we all looked at each other and went, well, it's on him if this thing goes down because he's saying yes to this, but we don't know how to do this. Yes. Like, take me back <clears throat> into the first Water Heart Band of Brothers. You know, I don't know, I don't even know what compelled me to say yes to that. Now that it, it had to have been gone. And the wildness of God, I think what was happening was we had to build barricades around our offices. Like we we literally had to hide because there's too much need. And we had no infrastructure. And we're tiny. We're a yeah. tiny shop. We're like five people, six people, and and we can't meet the demands. Mm -hmm. We can't. We can't crank out the retreats fast enough. And um, there was one month that we did two while at hearts back to back. Oh. And it killed us. I mean, it just killed us. And and so I think it was around that time that we said, how do we get this out into the hands of groups of guys so they can have the healing experience too? And plus, to be honest, I think part of us are like, hey, it'd be fun to go out in the woods and, you know, do it was actually the same thing. It's wild. We went back to Bart's ranch and we were fly fishing and horseback riding and We've got this crew from Minnesota out there, and we're in the wound session. And the, one of the camera operators, I, I see him. He's bobbing right. up and down, like I couldn't figure right. out. He's he's si he's trying to he's trying to stay silent. And he's supposed to, he's holding the boom, right? The microphone yes. boom. Yes, and 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 God's going after his heart, and he's just wrecked. He's wrecked. 
Yeah, that was when we knew we had gold. Yes. And I remember also there was a guy that was helping us with the horses, and he gave us the best compliment ever. Because, um, you know, we'd turn off the cameras, and, and we'd hang out and play and do the, you know just be ourselves. And he's like, he looks at us with the biggest puzzle on his face. He was really confused. Mm-hmm. And he said, you guys are the same on camera as you are off. Like he couldn't figure it out. I'm like, dude, that that's kind of how it's supposed to be. Like, mm. you, you don't have to fake it. It doesn't. We don't have to all be faking masculinity, faking mm. spirituality, faking life with God, faking anything, faking marriage. We don't have to fake it. So we make this. It was on VHS. Oh my gosh! It came out in huge boxes. And you could get this <laughs> box set of VHS tapes, eight of them. And it, it was such a big box, it had a handle on it. <laughs> and that was, that was the plan. We were going to go change the world with that box. And those, those, it's called Band of Brothers. Those VHS tapes went all over the world. Mm. And guys used them to hold their own retreats. That wasn't why we designed it. We yes. kind of thought small groups, you know, four guys hanging out or, you know, kind of typical church setting thing of guys are going to go through a, a, a six-week or eight-week deal. But I remember Craig goes up to Canada to do a men's retreat to represent us. He went to put on a wild heart retreat up there for a church, and he comes back just dumbstruck. And he says, there are, there are VHS tapes still that are being circulated around central Canada that are, that are being used in these retreats for men. Mm. I mean, almost up to the, to the Northern Shield, oh, you know? Like, it was incredible. John, as I think about that project, what I love is it wasn't because we had our shit together. Uh-huh. It wasn't because we arrived. What we offered was authenticity. Be honest. Right? And we risked it on God. Yes. It, like, I, what, I'm, what I'm so struck by is I think back to those recordings. Those were some of the first times we actually walked through our wound stories even together, yep. right? Like we, we'd done it in pieces and parts, but we had never walked through the message of Wild at Heart together as yep. a band of brothers. And so it was happening in real time. This is about be authentic, yes. offer your, your courageous, your brokenness, your in process and risk it all on God. And I think it's good to remember that because I believe a big part of the anointing isn't that it was sleek. It was that we were men risking on God and saying, we want more and we want to invite you into the same. Yeah. Here we are with that resource being some 15 years later, and we just actually recorded a beautiful new set of two film series. Uh, One is captivating for the women that shaped around heart to heart, which was a very similar, it was the companion. That was the VHS package. VHS, right. These aren't being released on VHS, but we have a new Wild at Heart film series that we are super excited about. Take us into that. What, What was your heart behind it? And um, what was that like for you to capture it? Yeah, we needed an on-ramp. Books are helpful, um, but the book publishing world has has really been in decline ever since the 2008 crash. And because of our world of technology, there's less readers these days. Mm-hmm. Um, people are used to video. They're accustomed to watching video. You can get on YouTube or Netflix and watch what you want to watch anytime you want to watch it and chase the things that are attractive to you, right? I think those old VHS tapes are like 45 minutes a session. We needed to do something shorter. So 20-minute sessions filmed absolutely beautifully, but with the same level of honesty. And the idea was this, is that now we have an army out there. There, there are so many phenomenal allies, guys who have taken the journey, done the work, they're in it, they love it, and they want to go after other men. Mm-hmm. And and we've got basic for them, but basic's a pretty big commitment. Mm-hmm. You know, that's give us a weekend. Um, and, and it's an even bigger commitment for the guys they're inviting to. Yeah. You know, if you come to this weekend, we thought, is there, is there a beginning step? Is yes. there an easier on-ramp where it's six 20-minute sessions mm-hmm. that somebody could do on their own uh, and go through the material. Guys could get online and do Zoom groups mm-hmm. through it yep. uh, here in a pandemic world still. Or, you know, where groups can happen, 
you know, guys could take groups of guys through it on just like Thursday nights. Hey, come to my garage. I'm just asking for an hour of your time. You don't need to leave home. You mm-hmm. don't need to go to a retreat. You don't need to find childcare. You need like, just come over and let's let's watch this and talk about it. Mm-hmm. So we were looking for a, a simpler on-ramp into the whole Wild at Heart healing experience. But we wanted to build it with enough power, depth, and beauty that in itself, it could be a healing experience. Yes. I think we pulled it off. Yeah. That it's it's extraordinary. Yeah, it, it is It is beautiful and provocative. And like you said, it's as authentic as the, our first pass years ago. Yeah. But it's it's featuring you with this next generation of people walking in the message. Well, and the truth is we've learned a lot. Yeah. You know, we've we um the message has grown yeah. over the years and shaped and tailored and um we've just learned a whole lot more about accessing woundedness, yeah. a whole lot more about healing trauma, a whole lot more about the need of men and how God accesses it. Yes. To, I I think you know, you, you you get better at what you do, yeah, right. And and if you can go see a therapist who's been at it for thirty years versus a therapist who just got out of school, you know, let's be honest. You you want to go pick the guy who's seen a thousand clients, right? Or the woman that's seen a thousand clients. You know, so this is like that. It's yeah. like this is our best shot. This is kind of like the the best of the best. Yeah. Yeah, and for our allies listening to this, a lot of them, of course, have been through some of the message and mission of Wild at Heart. Um, And I taught through session two of this new Wild at Heart film series a couple weeks ago on a Wild at Heart leaders call and was really fun. I went through it twice, and I felt like the Holy Spirit said, here's what I want you to do. Come to it with a beginner's mind as though you have never been exposed to Mm. this message. And Mm. session two is the poser. Mm. And John, I've spend some time. I'm a pretty good poser. I spent a lot of time working on it and dismantling it. It was so exhilarating to be a participant in this video and dive into the content as though I had never taken a pass of identifying the poser, its impact, its its dismantling, and how God can restore a man from the false to the true self. It was amazing. And so I dove into the study guide, and all that was in preparation to lead other men. And I want to share that because we have a lot of men out there that have some miles in this. And the first invitation is for your heart. John, you're talking about the time what we find ourselves in history with so much setback and so much isolation. Our hope and heart would be that every man would simply receive this as a gift from us. Yes. First for yourself. Yes. Let it be a fresh cut as though you've never experienced God through this message before. And then from that, Walk with God, and you'll know what to do with it. Yeah, lead some guys. So we're pretty stoked. I I love the team has built a really neat experience around it where you can come to the site, you can come to wildatheart.org forward slash wildatheart, and you'll land on this gorgeous page where these these new films are. And then there's wildatheart.org forward slash captivating for the captivating uh, series for women, which is equally beautiful, powerful. Uh, You can come and just go through it. Um, or you can sign up for what we're calling the Wild at Heart Experience, and once a week we'll deliver one of the sessions to you in your email with a reading, with some scriptures, and with a podcast, you know, kind of an audio teaching that's designed for that session. So you can you can go through that, and we invite you to do that. Do it first for your own heart, and then um, what we also are doing is is pray about leading a group. Uh, and we're going to have a f- function on that page that you'll come to that that says uh, lead a group, join a group, and kind of like we've done with basic, mm-hmm. build a community out there, build an offering out there of of wild at heart groups going on all over the world, taking men through these sessions or women taking women through the captivating sessions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so it's so awesome. We have a few allies doing some beta tests of it now, and. The stories are just amazing. It's it's so hopeful in a world that the headlines often um, communicate stories of hopelessness. Mm. The major theme is God is prevailing. He is. John, as we've talked about a lot internally, but we're trying to do a better job externally, you know, Become Good Soil was all birthed out of Wild at Heart, that it is a deep dive a discipleship track, an apprenticeship track for those that want to consent 
to the slow and steady path of restoration. You know, one of our kind of taglines internally is reach the many to find the few. That it's a funnel-based strategy of let's cast the nets wide, let's throw the seed and reach the many, believing that there will always be a few that choose to fully consent. And they're the kind of people that Jesus is speaking with, with the parable of the sower and the seeds, where the fruit is 30, 60, 100 fold. Yes. And so I want to take this moment to just remind our listeners, for our friends out there that are reaching people in their world, we so deeply encourage you to bring them to Wild at Heart that that's the on-ramp, that's the starting point, and bring them in, let them know about the blogs and the podcasts and the events and all the online resources, Wild at Heart Play, the wildatheart.org leaders page. There's so much. Uh, But Become Good Soil builds on that for the deep apprenticeship track. And and John, what I want to ask you about is you observe a lot of men, and we have seen men thrive, and we have seen a lot of men get taken out. As you look over the decades, I would love your your observation, your thoughts, and the way you see it is what sets apart the many from the few. You know, we talk about the invitation is to all, but in the end, it's a few that truly consent to a path and process of deep and lasting internal transformation. What do you see and what could you offer by way of encouragement, fatherly counsel to our listeners? I think there's a very small group of truths that the people who go deep and make it, like find wholeheartedness, find life, rescue others, live well. I think there's a cluster of things there. So let's see if you and I can kind of name it mm-hmm. together here because we were just talking this morning offline. The flip side of that question is why do men blow up mm-hmm. who seem to start so well? Mm-hmm. Um, and even like high profile, you know, big impact in the world guys, and then they blow up. Why? And the first thing is because they neglected the heart. Mm-hmm. And so the guys or the gals who who find life, mm-hmm. find wholeheartedness, go deep, bear fruit, 30, 60, 100 fold. First off, they are living from the heart with God. And, and the second thing I, I think I would say, I'm, I'm looking at their faces. I'm mm-hmm. trying to call up. I'm thinking of very specific men right now. And what is it that unites them? They're, they're, they're in for the long haul. This isn't a fad. This isn't just the cool next thing. Yep. We've got a lot of guys come through oh, over yeah. the years. I mean, we I don't know how many 10,000, 15,000 guys have personally just come through our own events. A lot of guys come through because it was cool. Yeah. And we never heard from them again. I hope they're doing well out mm-hmm. there. But um, there's something about I'm not looking for a fad. I am looking for the way. Show me the way. Mm-hmm. Christianity was called the way for a long time in its early years because it was it, it was a life to be lived mm-hmm. not just a sunday experience or a cool book or a, you know amazing amazing inspiration um so i would say that um i think the men and women who make it take the war seriously that seems to be one of those fork in the road truths of will will you take the war seriously mm-hmm. if you don't you either end up blaming god you blame your spouse um you 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 get taken out because you're not living soberly in a pretty gnarly world mm-hmm. the world is pretty gnarly um spiritually right now very gnarly and then there's something else, Morgan. Those, the, you know, living from the heart, not looking for a fad, take the war seriously. Then there's something else, and and it's connected around joy. Mm-hmm. That that God, for them, is a source of immense joy. Mm-hmm. That there's just happiness in their life. The warriors I know who take the war most seriously are some of the funnest people to be around. Yes. 
because they don't live in it. Yes. They deal with it, but then it's playtime, man. Let's like, um, so there's, there's joy in their life and happiness and lightheartedness and, and, and they find God to be a source of just enormous joy, life, beauty, mm -hmm. goodness. What would you add to that list? What I find is the few have a sense of ongoing curiosity, of, of constant intrigue. God, where are you? Mm. What are you like? Mm. What are you doing? Rather than my goal is to figure it out, mm. right? That ultimately it's a partnership. I, I think of that, that, that the great invitation of humanity is co-creation. As image bearers, we get to participate yes. with God in an ongoing relationship, increasing intimacy, increasing union, and therefore increasing joy. Right? We've we've had to learn that the hard way. We've yes. overcompensate, or we have given ourselves to too much battle yep. in different seasons, yep. and we're actually courageously recovering joy. But John, I think it's so important to know it it is friendship. It's friendship with God yes. and that there's always more. Yes. Um, I think another piece is, and you've coached us in this so well, is it's so easy to lose heart for really good reasons. Like we have suffered great loss and our friends have suffered great loss and it's easy to lose heart. And so the question is not only how do I get my heart back, but how do I keep heart? And that is a very moment by moment, day by day, decade by decade question mm -hmm. that really orients how we choose to live. And mm -hmm. like the prayer that you introduced years ago, of, I give everyone and everything to you, God. Yeah. Like the more I carry people in an ungodly way, the more I get taken out. Mm -hmm. And I have to give it all to God. Ultimately, you know, I love Dallas Willard once said that God is perfectly capable of saving the world he created. It doesn't mean that I don't have the dignity of a, of a crucial role. But at the end, it's all God's mm -hmm. and giving him permission to be God and not take that on. Mm -hmm. But there's something about the sustainability um, that that's pretty important. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm also contrasting this. As you're talking, I'm thinking of movements that are out there right now and some pretty some pretty cool ones that are built around some aspect of masculinity. You know, it might be athletics, long distance running, tries, you know, kind of the, the world of of body and and adventure, the um, self defense mm -hmm. and and weapons training and different you know there's yeah. there's clusters out there right now of rich masculine initiation. There really is, but what's missing is Jesus, and I don't think it's sustainable. Because why? Well, Peter said to him, where are we going to go? You alone have the words of life. You know, become good soil is the perfect example of this. So we come in looking for our masculine hearts. Mm -hmm. And we all did. And, and looking for healing um, and looking for recovery of heart, looking for God and, and really feeling this deep need for masculine initiation, formation, camaraderie. Um, and what we discovered in that is... You can't do it without deep discipleship. Mm. You can't do it without a deep life in God, in other words. You need a deep life in God. And we don't share the depth of our life in God on these podcasts. Mm -hmm. But it goes way deeper than these podcasts mm -hmm. and way deeper than the things we write. Because It has to. It has to. That's the magic. There's a kingdom. Mm. There's a kingdom and there's a king. It's the only place of life, ultimately. And I bless these other movements. I think they're doing really helpful things for men and fathers and sons and outdoor things and stuff. But it's not a sustainable life. Adventure is not a sustainable yeah. life. Weapons training is not a sustainable life. There's not enough to it. 
you are more as a human being than a long distance runner, right? Mm -hmm. You're just more. You're more as a man. You're more as a woman. What you discover as you seek anything earnestly is that you need a deeper life with God. Yeah. And then once you discover that, it, you're, it you got through the wardrobe door, man. Right. Like it's awesome. There's a whole world. Well, and even all those things take on the larger story, yes. right? They get the scent of heaven. Yes. And so you can be in long distance running, but it actually becomes about God and his kingdom. Yep. Whether it's what he's doing in you or the fellowship around it. Yes. But without that, it simply remains a small story. It does. It does. Does it heal? Does it restore? Is it bringing you into a rich, wonderful life with God? Is it, are your relationships better? Are you clear about your future? Like, does it do all that for you? Yes. No, it doesn't. And so what I love about this is none of us set out to wind up where we are now. And with the creation of BGS as the right. deep as the deep dive track of Wild at Heart, we we didn't set out to do that. It's just inevitable. Right. Which is really wonderful. It takes me back to the passage, and I love Peterson's translation where, um, I'm not recalling it in the moment, but where he calls to the disciples, um, he says, come away with me up on the mountain, and he calls to the mountain climbers, and and they pull out of the many, and the few have to ascend the mountain mm. with him. And you just picture, like, that's a very tactile image where it's easy to be in the crowd, but then Jesus kind of pulls off and he says, if you want to come with me, it's going to cost you something. Now know that there's also so much joy to be had in that smaller fellowship, but you have to climb the mountain. And I think it's just a good analogy of um, what some, some of what God is up to in this mission. And in any person's life, yes, he will not let you stay where you are. He will move, and he will move his presence, and it can be very disorienting if you're not in a follow mindset. If you're in a follow mindset, then you go, "Hey, whoa, where'd he go? Where are we headed, Lord? What yes. are we doing now? What's you know what?" Um, then you follow. But if if you're kind of happy where you are, and then he up and moves, you know, the pillar of cloud by day or fire by night gets up and moves, you're like. What the heck, man? <laughs> like, this was good. Why are you messing with my thing? We had a good thing. Um, but but he he will keep calling you on mm. deeper, upper, higher, more into yourself, which is often very surprising to people. He he will just when you think you've got your attention really fixed on Christ, he actually turns your attention to something very deep in you. <laughs> And it's because he's after more of your healing, more of your restoration, more wholeheartedness. That can be very disoriented if you don't have some interpretation oh, for it. I'm just smiling, thinking like both you and I, in very particular ways in the last three weeks, have gone after some deep stuff in our own story. You know, and and we've just learned, we've practiced in the reality, you'll know it by its fruit, and it's worth it, that there's always more. And at the same time, you and I have had some really joyful experiences in the last couple of weeks. Totally. Of just choosing joy, just receiving joy, joy Play, being sons. Life. Yeah, come on. Okay. So I know our time's winding up, but I, I think what we need to do is frame all of this now into the moment that we're in. You know, when Jesus said, there's a thief who comes to steal, kill, and destroy, um, I don't think we really understood the gravity of the compassion of the warning. It's a compassionate warning. And he's saying, look, the world is a fairly ruthless place, and you have an enemy that you, you must take seriously if you would live the humanity you were meant to live and the story that you were meant, that God wrote for you. Well, that's all gotten a lot worse. I was actually doing some reading on the war in the South Pacific recently and had the opportunity to be uh, in Fredericksburg at the Museum of the Pacific War. Spent two hours and 40 minutes walking through the museum and I knew Jesus had something for, mm -hmm. for me. And I'm looking for, I mean, you know, I've made pilgrimages to Normandy. I've been to, you know, the Churchill War Rooms, like looking for 
context, mm-hmm. wisdom, gravitas, understanding, story. And I'm looking, 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 and it didn't take place till the end. Um, and I mean, Pearl Harbor is pretty, you know, that's a pretty big deal. But he's like, nope, keep going, keep reading, keep moving on through the exhibit, you know. Um, Battle of Midway, it's amazing. Nope, keep moving, keep going on. You know, Australia's role, New Zealand's role, keep moving, keep going. Okay, get to the end. And the last two battles are Iwo Jima and Okinawa. And they are a level of savagery that makes the European theater look civil. Mm. The war in the South Pacific had a level of brutality and evil to it that savagery begins to capture. And, And it was right there. Jesus said, stop, pay attention. The war is most savage at the end. And I thought the opposite. I thought, no, you kind of, you know, because you get through the Battle of the Bulge, you get start getting into the occupation of, of, of Germany, you know, it, it gets a little better. It does. It's not like Normandy. It's not like Omaha Beach mm-hmm. all the way through. It's just not. Not in the South Pacific and not at the end of the war. It's the worst. It's the worst at the end. And because the enemy knows he's cornered and he goes, you know, apeshit crazy. That is the hour that we're living in on the earth. The, the, the ravaging of humanity is so unbelievable right now. Suicide rates, level of the depth of addictions, human trafficking, child prostitution, you know, on and on and on it goes. And, and just hopelessness, just lost, just people lonely and lost, lonely, hopeless. Um, the things that we're saying are now we're now putting them into a context that we do the things we do we practice the practices we do we love the things we do we follow Christ the way we do because of the hour in which we live mm-hmm. you want to thrive you you want to do well you want your loved ones to do well there is no other way there just isn't. This isn't some kind of level of heroism. It's basic math. Mm. Like, you want to live well? You want to do well in an hour like this? Love God. Be in with your whole heart. Seek every bit of restoration you can find. Practice the practices. Be the apprentice. Do the work. And then cycle right back around again with joy and rest and Sabbath and because of the hour we are living in. Friends, I hope you're able to open your heart and receive that, just receive that counsel, receive that care. I mean, that's the the mission and message of Wowed at Heart. And so if you're with us today, I really want to very much encourage you to go to wowedatheart.org to the forward slash Wowed at Heart page. And that's where you can find the resources of this film series that is our next great offering that we're stacking our hands on and throwing our strength and our care into to bring it first to you and then to all of our um, allies through you around the world. So enjoy that free set of videos that's made available to our core allies that you can find. And John, I'm so honored that you would take the time to take us back into two decades and to just recover the narrative that is the major theme, that there's breakthrough, there's healing, there's restoration, there's freedom as men, and still there is more. And with the Become Good Soil tribe, you know, one of my regular hopes is to let it be about more than content, but let it be an encounter with God. And so I'd love yes. to close with a yes. prayer, like for you yes. to just consecrate what we've shared in the form of inviting God to bring this ministry to the hearts of our listeners. Yes. I'm going to pray in the first person, friends, because this is between you and God. Jesus, I need restoration more than I am aware. I need rest more than I am aware. I need hope. I need love. I need you. 
and I give myself to be filled with your love, to be filled with your life, to follow you in how you are leading me this year away from disaster and into joy, the ways you are leading me this year for roots that go deeper into you, practices that are going to save my life, restoration that I need, I'm asking you to lead me. And, and I'm in. I'm in. I would love to partner with you to rescue the hearts of others. Show me the men and women that I can reach with the healing that I have begun to experience myself. Show me the way this year. May your glory and love and kingdom both fill me and surround me. Amen.